This is the Texas Standard. I'm David Brown. Let's stick with seasons, shall we? Spring, known as the season for flowers, but of course fall has its share of blooms too. In fact, we're now in the high season for an especially Texan variety, something called the mum. This time of year, they pop up at high school homecomings all across the Lone Star State. It's a rite of passage, no doubt, but one that the Texas Standard's own Michael Marks had some questions about. First, to make sure we're all on the same page. Homecoming mums are something that vaguely resemble a chrysanthemum corsage. From this fluffy centerpiece comes a stream of decorations. Ribbons, braids, trinkets, pennants, teddy bears, Christmas lights. The gaudier and bigger, the better. Giving a mum or a garter, that's the smaller version, boys around their arms, to your homecoming date is a uniquely Texas tradition. It is the type of thing that, when presented to non-Texans, typically elicits this kind of response. Oh my gosh, I just learned what they are! But they're insane! That's Claire McInerney. She's an education reporter for KUT in Austin and a native Kansan. Since this is her first homecoming season in Texas, I wanted to get her thoughts on the tradition. I, well, I do want to know how it got started. I think that's super, like, what is the origin story of these? Claire's question was also my question. In my experience, mums are just part of living in Texas. Tides go in, tides go out. Texas high schoolers wear mums in the fall. What I wanted to know was how, when, and why the tradition started. I wanted to find patient zero for mums, pinpoint the exact origin story. I decided to start with the mums themselves, so I went to the source, a store in the Dallas suburb of Plano called the Mum Shop. It is a mum mecca, floor to ceiling with whatever you might need to make one. It was busy on the weekend afternoon I visited, filled mostly with moms and daughters like Tony and Devin Weber. Devin is a senior at Plano East High School, so this mum would be her last. She and her mom were planning accordingly. We're going huge. So the first year was one mom, second year was two moms, last year we did three, and this year we have a 12-inch with like four around it. So it's huge. It's going to cover... It, the whole torso is yeah. what we're going for, is yeah. to cover the whole torso. Tony grew up in Texas too, so I asked her if she knew why we did this. So if I remember the story correctly, it was either either 40s or 50s, and um, they did an actual chrysanthemum flower, and then it just kind of took on its own life after that. The synthetic mums are actually a fairly new development. For most of their history, real chrysanthemums have been the norm. It's not totally clear why the chrysanthemum and not some other flower, but Scott Sosby at least has a theory. You're talking about when this gets started, you're talking about the Depression, therefore... You're not going to have the means to buy these things quite often. Would have been things that, that uh, people grew. Chrysanthemums were a common flower, particularly in East Texas uh, during the 30s. Uh, almost everybody had chrysanthemums, and they were easy to grow. They still are. Sosby is an associate professor of history at Stephen F. Austin State University. I spoke to some florists about this, and it seems that the switch from real flowers to fake ones was a matter of demand. Real mums die and wither away, synthetic ones don't. So when given the choice, high schoolers opted for the keepsake that would last forever. The transition seems to have happened in the early 90s, and an exponential expansion of ribbons and trinkets followed. But I wondered about their link to homecoming itself. Several universities claim the first homecoming happened on their campus around 1910, one of which is Baylor. 
I thought maybe the link between Mums and Homecoming could be hiding somewhere in Waco. Luckily, all of Baylor's yearbooks are digitized. So I started browsing through them. Book by book, I looked, starting in the 1910s, going all the way through the 20s, still going up to the 30s with nary a mum in sight. As I wondered which would go first, my mouse or my clicker finger, finally, I found her. The 1936 Baylor homecoming queen, a junior named Marguerite Joyce. In the yearbook photo, she's leaning up against a float, wearing a jacket with enormous buttons and holding a football to her body like a running back. Just above the football, pinned to the upper left side of the jacket, is a large chrysanthemum, topped with a ribbon tied in a bow. Marguerite actually doesn't look all that happy to be wearing it. You couldn't call her expression a frown, but it certainly doesn't resemble the joy one might associate with a homecoming queen these days. But I was happy enough for the both of us to have found a clue. It didn't last, though. I couldn't find anything else about Marguerite Joyce, much less where she got that mum. She wasn't even in the 1937 yearbook, which would have been her senior year, but it is clear that her photo represented a mum spillover point. So only in the 30s, you start seeing images and they would be wearing a, like a corsage kind of flower and then them growing into, into like traditional mums. That's Chloe Northrup. She's a history professor at Tarrant County Community College who put together a museum exhibit on mums in 2016. Some of the people she interviewed claimed that mums were out there even before the mid-30s. And I think that that's something that, that would definitely probably merit more attention. Meaning concrete proof was scarce. I kept looking, scanning through old papers, yearbooks, oral histories for clues about where the mums came from. But to me, whatever happened in the years leading up to that photo of Marguerite Joyce remained a mystery. Eventually, my question changed from where mums come from to why didn't we have this information. Texans love the things we can claim as our own that others cannot. And even though now you do find some mums here and there in other states outside of Texas, mums still fit perfectly in that category. I wondered how would we lost this particular thread. I was perplexed. Others were not. No, it does not surprise me at all. Again, Professor Scott Sosby of Stephen F. Austin. He says there's all sorts of traditions whose origins we've just lost. Looking for the birth of the mum may be among them. Sounds like you're chasing Ahab's whale here a little bit, huh? It did feel that way, and it also felt like I'd failed. But then I talked to Nancy Newberry. I don't think you're the only one. Newberry's a photographer based in Dallas. She's a native Texan, and she's taken dozens of photos of mums and garters as part of a series. Newberry wore mums as a kid, and when she turned her camera toward them as an adult, she came up with the same questions I did. I literally tried to find anything I could on this, and I was really coming up empty-handed. Newberry's been looking for the origin of mums far longer than I have. So I wanted to know, does not having those answers somehow diminish the tradition? I don't think it's important necessarily to know where it came from, but I think it's important to reflect on where it came from because I think that they, these traditions and rituals link us back to a broader, a broader space. This did little to satisfy my curiosity, but it did make sense. There's a good amount of gaudiness and unnecessary excess that goes along with making a mum. But, like Newberry said, there's also a connection. A connection to something bigger. 
something uniquely Texan, something from our past. Even if we're uncertain exactly what that past looks like. For the Texas Standard, I'm Michael Marks.